Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you're having a magnificent start to your Tuesday. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power Podcast, and the Road to Atlanta Podcast all at BatteryPowered.com, as well as at Battery Power SBN, and of course, free on all podcast platforms. Wherever you listen to your podcasts, that's where we will be for free. Just make sure you hit that subscribe button, and you'll get the latest content from us when it's available. My name is Sean Coleman. Again, you can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. And the best way to describe Monday night for the Braves is that it just simply was not their night. The Braves began a three-game series in Philadelphia against the Phillies. Ace Max Freed on the mound against the Phillies, Ranger Suarez. And Max Freed overall in this game, he looked like the Max Freed of old. Yes, he gave up three earned runs over six innings, but eight strikeouts, no walks. When it looked at times like he may run into a bit of trouble, Freed was able for the most part to keep things at bay, to, to limit the Phillies' offense overall. But the fact that he gave up three runs was just one indication that Monday night was not the Braves' night. Two, the first two runs that the Phillies scored in their 6-4 win over the Braves on Monday night occurred on one of the luckiest bounces I can ever remember seeing in a baseball game. Bryson Stott, who wound up being the overall hero for the Phillies in this game, hit a ground ball to Matt Olson that just had so much spin on it that the ball unexpectedly went underneath Olson's glove in a complete different bounce that no one expected into foul territory and it wound up leading to two Phillies runs um, for them to make the score three to two. Of course they would make the score three to three. Marcelo Zuda would be able to deliver an infield single to make the score four to three and then of course Bryson Stott delivered a three-run homer in the bottom of the eighth inning to give the the Phillies a six to four lead that they would be able to hang on to. And like I mentioned Max Freed looked like his normal self on Monday night even if the overall stat line may not necessarily necessarily reflected like many other stat lines have in the past. But it was just a bad night overall. A bit of bad luck for the Braves. Uh, of course, the bounce that occurred, you know, to give the Phillies their first two runs. And a bad pitch by A.J. Minter, who only gave up the second home run, who had only given up, who has now only given up two home runs this season. But of course, the second one was Stott's last night. Just a poorly placed pitch. And Stott was able to put it into the right field stands to give the Phillies the lead and the eventual victory. But one of the biggest things that stood out about last night as well was that the Braves offense once again had a bit of a t- had a hard time when it came to executing opportunities. One of seven overall with runners in scoring position. And when you really look at the fact 
that the Braves scored four runs, you come to realize that those four runs weren't really because of, you know, things that the Braves did. They were more because of errors by the Phillies. The first two runs came on a throwing error off a of Michael Harris ground ball to Johan Camargo. He made a bad throw. It led to the Braves' first two runs. A wild pitch gave the Braves their third run, and a well-placed infield single gave the Braves their fourth run. So overall, though the Braves scored four runs, it was a pretty lackluster night when it came to the Braves' offense. And now, the Braves have had two straight games in which not only have they not homered, but they've also lost two games in a row. This is only the second time since the start of June, that the Braves have lost two games in a row. The only other time they did it was on June 17th and 18th against the Cubs. Now, with that being the case, it probably does seem that these two losses probably seem to be a bit more... Uh, less than ideal than they actually are because of the fact that we have not experienced as Braves fans that many losing streaks over the past two months. At the end of the day, it was just a bad night for the Braves. It wasn't their night, and they've lost two in a row. Nothing really has been lost in the standings. The Braves can easily bounce back, obviously, with how good they've been played. However, one of the things that does stand out is that the Braves, when they are not hitting home runs, this offense still can run into stretches where it can struggle. And those struggles may not be hard to overcome with Aaron Nola on the mound for the Phillies on Tuesday night. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts. So the past two days have definitely not been the best of times for the Braves. Ian Anderson struggles on Sunday. Adam Duvall's, you know, season-ending uh, surgery announcement on Sunday. And obviously the past two days on the baseball field, they've not been so kind to the Braves. And, and it probably seems to be more of a the-sky-is-falling scenario than it actually is for Atlanta. With the off-the-field news, plus the fact that, again, the Braves have now lost two games in a row for only the second time since the start of June. But, while things certainly <laughs> aren't as bad in, in the general scheme of things as they may seem to be, one thing that does stand out is that the Braves' offense right now is not hitting on all cylinders. The Braves' offense has remained productive. It's remained above average in the month of July, and obviously the Braves are continue to win or continuing to win. But when you look past the otherworldly production of Austin Riley, who you know should be right in the conversation for NL Player of the Month with anybody else, and you also look past you know the great job that Matt Olson has done in terms of hitting with runners in scoring position, when you look past the productivity of those two players you start to realize that it's been a month of struggles 
for many of the Braves' key contributors. Dansby Swanson, a 750 OPS in the month of July, taking a step back from how productive he was in May and June. The league has started to adjust to Michael Harris, who only has a 697 OPS in the month of July after an incredible first full month of baseball in June. And perhaps the most eye-opening development is Ronald Acuna Jr., only a 648 OPS in nearly 100 bats or plate appearances in the month of July. This really is the first month that Acuna Jr. is back to playing full-time in right field, being the Braves' leadoff hitter, and he struggled for much of the month. So right now, yes, the Braves' offense is still being productive. It still is above average, and it still is playing to a level to where the Braves can consistently win. But we are starting to see the fact that it's far from being at its best. That That's encouraging. Because you eventually feel that especially Swanson and Acuna Jr. will be able to get back to their regular ways of contributing. But until that happens, this Braves offense is likely going to continue to struggle when it comes to creating and scoring or creating and converting run scoring opportunities. The Braves over their past two games have zero home runs. And the only run that they have produced that actually was the Braves converting a scoring opportunity, well, they've done it twice, but the Ronald Acuna Jr. single on Sunday to give the Braves their lone run, and then Marcelo Zuna's infield single last night. The Braves are struggling right now when it comes to creating and converting scoring opportunities. And they're now 24-30 and 30 in games in which they hit one or less home runs. Yes, you want for the Braves offense to be as powerful as they are. You want for the Braves offense to be able to produce home runs, you know, as frequently as any team in the majors. But you also want for the Braves offense, with as talented as they are, to still be able to produce at a good level, even if the home run is not part of the equation. And right now, if the Braves aren't hitting home runs, their offense is going to struggle to the point that it's going to be hard for them to be able to win games against quality uh, pitching. So that's one development that you hope will continue to improve. In general, the Braves' overall opportunity to create and convert run-scoring opportunities, and of course, that improvement will be a natural byproduct of Ronald Acuna Jr., Dansby Swanson, hopefully Marcelo Zuna, Travis Darno has certainly fallen off in the month of July as well. You want to see some of the Braves' more regular contributors get back to their true talent level, and hopefully that will occur as we go into the month of August. One other thing that comes with the loss of Adam Duvall, who had nearly 1,000 OPS in 30 July at-bats, is that the Braves lost one of their you know hottest hitters. I talked about one aspect of Duvall is that at any point in time, though he had struggled for much of the season, at any point in time, he could find one of his hot streaks, which could be a difference maker. He legitimately can potentially play to the point of carrying an offense at times with how good he can be when he hits one of his hot streaks, and it seemed like he had found that groove before his injury. So again, the Braves offense, while there's not necessarily that much to worry about, there clearly is area for improvement, and you have to hope that they'll be able to find that improvement here in the near future as we head into the month of August. Of course, that's going to be hard to find on Tuesday night as the Braves 
face, one of the more familiar faces that they've seen on the mound over the past several years in the Phillies' Arenola. Arenola, the Phillies are 2-0 this season so far when Nola starts against the Braves. And though Nola's season... As the season's gone along, he he's kind of his his production has gradually declined. He still has been excellent on the mound so far this year. So the Braves are going to have their work cut out for them. If they again are not able to connect with the long ball, you have to hope that they're going to be able to find some way to string some hits together to get some early run support. As Spencer Strider will be on the mound for the Braves. Now we have not seen Spencer Strider in nine days. His last start was the final start of the first half of the season for the Braves. And in his last two starts of the first half, Spencer Strider, he had a bit harder time finding success than he had previously for much of June and early July. In his second to last start, it took him 103 pitches to get through four and two-thirds inning because he didn't have his control. And then in his last start, the Nationals were able to rock him pretty hard in the first, I believe, inning or two. I believe it was the first inning of the last game of the first half. So the hope is, is that Strider can harness his control, find some success early getting strikeouts with his fastball, and be able to limit the Phillies' ability to build up opportunities to score runs. It seems like that this is going to be a game where if a team can break through early and maybe get a few runs in one of the first three innings, it could be all the difference needed to be able to get a win. And again, with how the Braves' offense is performing now, you have to hope that perhaps those few runs can come off the long ball. But if they don't, the Braves' offense is going to have to find a way, whether it be potentially drawing walks or getting a timely hit. The Braves really need to get early run support, I feel, in this game to give a lead to Strider to work with. If they can do that, you have to hope that they'll be able to find a way to get things done in order to overcome Nola and get their first win of this series. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Make sure you check out all the great content from BatteryPower.com in terms of the preview of the game. And, of course, you can listen to the battery, the, the uh, Daily Hammer, the Battery Power podcast, the Road to Atlanta podcast, and the new podcast from Chris Willis and Stephen Tolbert, all at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSBN, across all forms of social media, and free on all podcast platforms. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. Been a pleasure. We'll talk to you again soon here on The Daily Hammer. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts.